to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Father, I ask you just to take this where you want it to go, Lord, and if not, I'm going to do the other teaching. So just be with me as I try to flow with you. In Jesus' name, amen. And really get time to prepare today like I thought so. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I just sat here and tried to put something together. The, uh, anyway, and I brought the rejection to you, and figure if nothing comes, we'll go through that. Because <laughs> you always need deliverance. <clears throat> yeah. And I did it several times at Luann's group, and the last time I did it, the same people are there going, oh my God, I can't believe this. I can't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, well, it's the same thing, but so, you know, it's when we're ready. So I was feeling like to do it again. But I uh, wanted to recap a little. Wow, that's bright. <clears throat> that must have been not been on last week. Maybe it's this thing. But anyway, yeah, this is real bright. <clears throat> Let's just recap. We were uh, talking about the different ways God speaks last week. and um, <clears throat> Let's see. We <laughs> I'm just using my head. I might forget some. But <clears throat> impressed thoughts was common, but very easily to be wrong and um, very low level, but God can speak important stuff through low level things. <clears throat> um, then impressions is a little bit higher, but still very low and a little more accurate. Next is a knowing. It's still low level, but it's, for me, it's much more accurate. It's usually, I don't know if it's ever been wrong when that knowing comes. The only way I describe that is if you were looking for your car keys and you're like, and then you suddenly remember you put them and you know they're there. Oh, they're on the desk. It's like you just know something, but you shouldn't know it. <coughs> and uh, and I gave the example of the guy talking about who he thought he was supposed to marry. And I'm like, no, it's not her. And he's like, what do you, I'm like, no, I know who you're talking about. And like, no, you can't. And I told him what he was talking about. <coughs> and he was never around that lady. And then he was telling me he knew his son was supposed to marry him. I'm like, no, it's not her. I know who you're talking about. And he's like, the same. <clears throat> so then we got into uh, visions, which is uh, low-level through in visions in your mind's eye. But some people are very accurate with that and get them much stronger. And then I get them, and I don't know I'm getting them. Usually afterwards, I'll be like, oh, wow, that was the Lord. <clears throat> and Because uh, it seems like my imagination, kind of like me imagining something. It's not real strong. And then... Uh, <clears throat> feelings. Hmm? Feelings is one. Yeah, feelings. I get commonly words of knowledge that way, feeling pains in other people or depression or different things. And... Uh, then there's open visions, which everybody these days is always trying to over-spiritualize everything. And you commonly hear people, oh, I had an open vision. And I'm like, 
give me a break and have open vision. <laughs> and open vision is when you see it, like if you, like if the Lord appeared to you in an open vision, you'd swear to me, you'd say, no, I'm telling you, he was there. I'm like, you can't tell the difference if it's open vision, if he was there. You can't tell if I'm in open vision right now. That's how real open vision is. And I was saying how it can open up like a movie screen and play out, and sometimes more than one person can see it play out. You see it with your eyes. And then uh, I had two of them, which wasn't, you can, don't pray for those. We don't pray. It's how I was sharing last week how important it is on God's level. You can be dying, ready to put a gun in your head, and you don't seem to show up. <laughs> and then something that's important to him. And we, uh, I'll just tell this one testimony again. We were driving down I-75. I was out, I was racing in Bradenton, and I, there was a girl walking, and we got about 100 foot from her, and she disappeared. And the guy I was with was a driving, was a minister too, or not too, but a minister. <clears throat> and uh, I'm like praying, like, Lord, what was that? Was that an angel? There ain't no angels walking out here. I'm like going on and on. And then I'm just praying with my eyes closed. And then he swerves the truck. Oh, my God, did you see that lady? I almost hit her. I'm like, I just had an open vision of a woman. We got to go back. And it was a long drive. We would never went through all that to get back there. And then she was walking up a bridge about to get hit. And we picked her up. And uh, when we were in the Walmart getting gas and stuff and gas can, the uh, I told him, I said, she's got a lot of ministers in her background. He goes, why you say that? I said, because God had told me to fast that day. <clears throat> I said, God, don't make me fast to uh, give me my first open vision without somebody really interceding for this lady. He goes, ma'am, do you have any ministers in your background? She goes, yeah, my uncle and my brother. And she named about eight people. And he's just looking at me. And uh, I'm like, because it wasn't how important it is to me. Oh, I want an open vision. <laughs> that don't work, you know. And I didn't tell this. I did have, I usually kind of hold this, but the Lord appeared to me once in my office at 4.30 in the morning. And it was, uh, I don't know how to say it, but kind of frightful because if you'd have been standing there, it'd been frightful. I mean, I look up and he's like, and I'm like, and I just grabbed my chair and, and, uh, he smiled and did something. He didn't speak anything though. And of course I was mad. I didn't speak, but I couldn't breathe, let alone speak. And, uh, and he looks nothing like any of the pictures. His cheeks were kind of big and very different looking, kind of look, uh, Middle Eastern kind of looked, but uh, yeah, Steve Brill had them cheeks. His face didn't look like that, but he had, that's how his cheeks looked. <clears throat> um, and then we shared how the audible voice of God, which is very rare, um, I have heard that four times. Again, I, I didn't str stress the uh, level of accountability for the level you hear. He speaks your impressions a lot because if you miss it, <laughs> it's not going to kill you. If he tells you to do something audibly, you better do it. You know, that's the voice of God. You don't have room for, I don't think so. And uh, I've had people say, man, I want to hear the audible voice of God. I said, well, you've got to do what he says. So what if he says, fast 40 days? You're going to be glad to hear it then? <laughs> Are you going to do it? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, yeah. 
Yeah. But a lot of people can get in power and still won't stick with yeah. what God's telling. So then we went into dreams and uh, explained dreams are symbolic. I had planned on sharing a lot more on dreams. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go with... Is this interesting, y'all? I can go any direction I want to go. Yes. I kind of can. If you give me a subject, I can just run with it. <laughs> okay. You're not boring, man. Just go. Okay. Because a lot of people are getting dreams from the Lord. Not all dreams are from the Lord. It can be yourself and can be the enemy. There's spirits all over, too. So, uh... Genesis 37.5, and I'll just read it. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his, to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. <coughs> For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance, they bowed down to his sheep. And his brethren said to him, Shall thou indeed reign over us, or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and his words. And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it to his brethren, and said, I have dreamed a dream more, and behind the sun in the moon, and the eleven stars made obvious to me. How do you say that? <clears throat> and he told it to his father and his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream you've dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come and bow down themselves before you? And... Uh, <clears throat> See, they knew immediately what the dream meant because they're more metaphorical thinking back then. And with our schooling and analytical ways, we have lost very much metaphoric thinking. And, uh, and there's ways you can even train in that. And they say, I forget which one it is, Matthew 13 maybe? There's, some, there's a couple parables they say actually helps with that with because it's right brain, left brain way of thinking. But uh, <clears throat> I was just going to talk a little more about dreams. I want to give a couple more scriptures here. Matthew 2.13. And when they, de they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise. And take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So here the life of Jesus is getting directed around by a dream. 2.19 <clears throat> But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which seek the young child's life. 
and 22. But when he had heard that Archelaus, yeah, Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go hither, notwithstanding being warned of a dream, of being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. So there's three times in the first and the second chapter, let alone the Bible's full of dreams. But uh, three times God directed Jesus' life in dreams. So I think they can be important. And usually people over, I'll just tell one testimony again, they overanalyze a dream. Usually you can step back from it and it's not always. The further you go in the Lord, the harder they get. It's like when your dad hides behind the, when you hide behind the door for your little two-year-old, but when he's 15, you're not hiding behind the door. Come find me. You know, it's like he wants us to search him out. Uh, matter of fact, read a scripture real quick. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search it out. So God conceals things, and he conceals things a lot of times in dreams just to get us to seek him for the answer. <clears throat> and uh, depending on what he's trying to tell you, if it's something he knows you need to hear, he'll make it simple a lot of times. <coughs> but me, I get a lot of symbolic dreams, like, but like to come here to this church I don't know, 15 years ago, or I had a dream and I just saw a ticker tape that said, and I was praying about where to go. He had direct, directed me the last three churches before this one in dreams, and it just said Treasure Coast Victory Center. And when I came here, I was like, I don't know how long I'll be here because he usually has about two years <laughs> and he moves me. <laughs> no, I'm 15, I think, now. So, um, he used to direct me. Uh, as a policeman in front of me driving and I would follow him and if I made a wrong turn in life like I would come up and he'd go left and I'd go right and I'd wake up and I'm like okay I need to just pull back from those people <laughs> and, uh, and it's usually God stuff not regular stuff he does speak to me about regular stuff but not with the policeman thing and like I was <clears throat> my old pastor had a hard time with when I was started learning about the uh, spiritual roots of disease. And we had a lot of healings in that church. I was in that one 12 years. That's where I got filled with the Holy Ghost in 1989. <clears throat> and uh, but he couldn't really receive it. But after he passed away, I was talking to his wife, who uh, was really receptive. And I'm just telling her all kinds of stuff and demonic experiences, you know. And, and then I have a dream, and I'm riding with her, talking to her. And the cop pulls me over, and he walks up and says, you need to slow down. So I knew immediately I was need to slow down sharing with her. Not that big a thing. Red lights, <clears throat> you can be praying if you should do something, and God did just give you a, a quick vision or a dream of a green light. Um, 
Now, like if you had a dream you had a flat tire, it could mean you're going to have a flat tire. Or if you have a little dream or in a God dream, the tire or the air represents the Holy Spirit. It usually means you need to get filled up. You're running out of, need to get filled up with the Spirit, spend time with the Lord. Um, let's see here. Flying dreams is usually, if it's the Lord, you're just, he's going to take you higher in the Spirit or you're going high in the Spirit. Your vehicle is usually your ministry. Whether you, doesn't mean you have a church. I started out on a bicycle and uh, he'd give me dreams and direct me and then I wasn't getting them. Because <laughs> I just started doing, when I, I shared in here how when I first got in Deliverance 2002 and I was, they were just coming out anybody I prayed for. You know, they'd be like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, <laughs> and I'd just pray, and they'd come out before I could say in the name of Jesus. I'm like, you got fear. I'm like, fear, come out. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, my God. i go, in the name of Jesus. I'd say it afterwards because I felt guilty. But I, went, I didn't know anything about repentance, so people were getting healed for, you know, five or seven days, and diseases were coming back or whatever. And uh, I had a dream I'm riding a bicycle through this water that's like this deep and these snakes are like 60, 80 foot long, these big things and one of them comes up like it's going to attack me. And I didn't know my dreams. I tell this friend and he's like, well, I don't know what that means, but I can tell you the age you were on the bike is the age you are and what you're doing for the Lord. I'm like, ah. you know, pride right up. No, I know what I'm doing. I'm casting demons out everybody. <laughs> and then I did. And then I learned then people you get them to repent, they keep their deliverance. Um, more revelation. The attack of the enemy is always pride. And it seems very like, oh, simple, but pride is so easy when you start getting revelation. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure. Is it 1st or 2nd Corinthians? I know everybody has their interpretations of the scripture, but he says twice in here what he means. It's kind of simple. Second uh, Corinthians 12, 2. <clears throat> I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in this body, in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. He's talking about himself. I think most people know that. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. How that I, he was caught up in paradise and heard unspeakable thing, words which is not lawful to speak. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he hears me to be. And lest I should be exalted, okay? And lest he should be exalted above measure through the abundance of of the revelation. So, lest he be exalted, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. And he says it again, lest I should be exalted above measure. 
For this thing I besought the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said, My grace is sufficient for thee. <clears throat> so people will try to use that scripture for themselves. I'm like, well, what abundance of revelation are you getting that <laughs> you think Satan's buffing you? You know, all right, he was in the third heaven. What's going on that you think you're so high up that you're getting buffeted like that? But uh, I've, uh, I know in my own life, just I don't know what it is. I can see crazy healings, bones snap together, you know, in a church pray, and people in the audiences get healed. The same thing I'm praying up there for the guy. That doesn't really seem to, I don't feel the pride attack, but I can just get a little word of knowledge, and I feel it trying to come on me. I can feel that pride thing. <clears throat> and uh, I want to share a testimony. Does, do people know Paul Cain? Okay, Paul Cain is just someone that moved crazy in words of knowledge. <clears throat> and Mike Bickle, who's very critical against the prophetic, even though there's a lot of them in his ministry, he uh, just is really judgmental and critical. He said he's seen him stand over a thousand people up, tell him he'll tell them their you know address, social security number, everything wrong in their body, what's wrong with their kids, and get just crazy healings. And uh, he, uh, Mike Bickle, had heard about him, and God was moving to Mike Bickle's life. He's meeting, he's putting these prophets in his life about this end time revival that's coming, which I believe is getting close. And uh, major signs in the heavens, sending snowstorms on hot days is confirmation, you know, prophesied ahead of time. Or comet, on the 15th of this month, God's going to send a comet, and nobody's going to know it's coming. It's a confirmation, you know, and then the comet comes, and newspapers read, closest comet since 1770, Smithsonian Institute and Harvard is too baffled. How is this possible? And just over and over, confirmations of this end-time revival. It's going to be on 6, six o'clock news, dead being raised, limbs growing out. Anyway, he's got all this wild stuff happening, and this guy says, uh, well, there's this greatest prophet I ever heard of was Paul Cain. He's like, well, when did he die? He goes, he's alive. He goes, where is he? He goes, nobody knows. He goes, there's a prophet that nobody knows where he is? He's the greatest prophet you ever heard of? He's like, <clears throat> yeah. And they're on the interstate in California. They get it, go into a McDonald's, and they're talking. And the guy in front of him turns around and says, I work for Paul Kane. He goes, the prophet? Yeah. He goes, what's he doing? He goes, the Lord's just got him in hiding. And you would think that's the Lord, especially when you hear all the other stories. He walks out, gets his number, walks out. The Lord said, do not call him. Now is not the time. He throws it in the garbage. So three years later, you know, he's been waiting to meet this guy. And he's in some meeting they had at a church for something. Might have been like a March of Dime. I don't know what it was, some kind of marathon or something. I don't know. But he walks back. There's an elderly guy in the back. He goes, hi, I'm Mike Bickley. He goes, hi, I'm uh, Paul Kane. He goes, you're Paul Kane? Are you a prophet? He goes, well, I think the Lord might say I am, I guess. He goes, you're kidding you're Paul Cain, the prophet. <laughs> and so anyway, they hook up, and uh, they go out to eat. And they sit down to eat. They got all their food. And Paul Cain says, do you mind if we move over that over there? I'm really tired. And Mike Bickle's not thinking, so the waitress comes, do you mind if we move over there? My friend's really tired. 
He thinks, what the heck? <laughs> so they move everything, and then he's like, comes and he says, if you don't mind me asking, Paul, what, uh, it took more energy to move than to stay where we're at. What do you mean you're tired? He goes, oh, it's just because I was in that church and the anointing's on me and we're in the walkway and our waitress got kidney problems. That guy's wife just left him. That guy's homosexual. That guy's out. <laughs> Mike Biggles going. So the waitress comes up, man, can I ask you a question? Goes, do you have kidney problems? Oh my God, how did you know that? I'm just asking, do you? How in the world could you know that? <laughs> and so then he goes over. He said he didn't go over the homosexual, but he went over the other ones. He goes, everything's right. He comes back. He goes, Paul, we got to do this. He goes, do what? And he goes, this. He's, he's thinking, I had a few failed restaurant attempts, but now we got a live one, you know. Paul says, oh, we're not supposed to do anything. He goes, why would he give you all this if you're not supposed to do anything? He goes, because he says I'm his friend, and he just wants someone to talk to and you know, Mike, God don't share much with people because the first thing they want to do is go blab it to everybody, and he's just looking for people to talk to. He said he wanted to hide under the table. <laughs> and just on a neat note, Paul Kane had a, he was like 18-year-old with that gifting, uh, filling a 30,000-seat tent, largest tent in the United States, <clears throat> and for like eight years, and the Lord said, I'm pulling back, and <clears throat> I'll, I'm going to move again like this. You'll see the beginning of the movement before you die. <clears throat> and he had a vision of Arrowhead Stadium full, secular news filming, and they say, no news but good news tonight. No sporting events to report. Ten nameless, faceless young people go three days, three nights, no sleep, no food, somehow supernaturally sustained by the power of God. This is like NBC. <clears throat> Cameras flip, three people are raised from the dead. Cameras flip, limbs are growing on people that's lost limbs. And they say, this is happening all over the world. And he had this open vision with him, I believe it was open when he says open, like a <clears> hundred <throat> times through the years, over 50 years. And the Lord would say, this is Joel's army. You'll see the beginning of before you die. So then he meets Mike Bickle. All this stuff's happened about this revival coming. <clears throat> and he goes out to International House of Prayer, pulls in, and the Lord shows a banner over it. It says, Joel's Army in training. <laughs> he comes in crying. You don't know. I've been waiting 50 years. for and, uh, and they're still in training. But because <clears throat> the prophets kept telling Mike, he was 20, 70. Still, that, alive? Yeah. He kept saying, you'll be one of the oldest ones in the movement. He's 27. How old? He goes, I don't know. Your grandkids are going to love it. He goes, grandkids? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he's not alive. No, no. He was not that long ago he passed a few years. Yeah, that was in the, he met him in the 80s, but he died in, I don't know, four or five years ago, I think. He's one of the few that made it through the revival. We had a revival, <clears throat> those that don't know it, we had a move of God in the 40s yeah. that was crazy. And tons of people had tents, A.A. Allen, like 20,000 people, William Branham, Kenneth Hagin, well, they, the Lord told him to stay in the churches. There was about 30 or 40 of the guys, and they would bring like whole schools of blind out, the hospital would bring ambulances out, just crazy, crazy miracles. And... Uh, 
all but Kenneth Hagin <laughs> and Paul Kane, I don't unless I'm missing one, or Roberts. Those three are the only ones that made it through that thing without getting losing their life. Because you're accountable when you walk and they all got into sin. And Paul Kane even said the Lord told him, I'm pulling back again. He, he, said, he said when he's pulling back because sin had got in there and they went for the three G's. Everybody know what that is? The gold, the glamour, yeah. you know, attention to man or the girls. So, and they all went to early death, you know, like 30s and 40-year-old. So anyway, I'm just trying to ask the Lord to take me, so that's where it's going. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see. In a, on dream interpretation, the uh, the most gifted guy I've known of was, that I liked that seemed to be right on was uh, John Paul Jackson. And uh, I shared, I think that there's a few people who weren't here. I shared that uh, <clears throat> he was set up at like the uh, World Series and different things. And he'd go to the, what's that thing, Burning Man? where they burn the big thing. There's like 50,000 people go out there with all the cult stuff. And the higher they see you as gifted and stuff, the more they <laughs> move you up. And there's like five people in the front row. And ended up, he ended up being one of the five because he would go there and he would uh, give them the pure light. <laughs> He's like, you got to give up like, your light to get the pure light. <laughs> but uh, And he was at the World Series. The lady come in. I think I gave this last week. The... Uh, she said, I had a dream. I was walking down a runway. Did I tell this? No. Okay. And it was all glass. And there's these hideous creatures underneath it that couldn't get to me. And I walked 18 steps, fell off the end, and the creatures started grabbing me. And I cried out. And I think the hand of God or something, a hand grabbed her. She wasn't saved. <clears throat> and he says, ma'am, you have a decision. This is telling you that in 18 days you have a decision to make. <laughs> That uh, what you thought to be your friend, depending on the decision you make, is going to be unleashed against you. And she was going to be sworn in and a witch in 18 days. She started crying. And uh, it was telling you that God will rescue you if you, you know, don't do that. But uh, <clears throat> he was at uh, Morningstar with Rick Joyner. And some guy's over from England. He's like, does anybody know how to interpret dreams? So he goes over to John Paul Jackson. He's just so, you'd have to see him. He's just so gifted at stuff. And he gives him the dream. He goes, oh, let me da 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 He goes, man, how'd you do that? He goes, it's God. He goes, well, I know it's God, but how'd you do it? It's God. Well, I know that, but how did you do it? It's God. He goes, that's really a shame. Because you don't know how you do it. That means when you die, your gift dies with you. So then he started, even though it would just come to him, he started trying to figure out how he would get it. And then he started teaching, and he had a dream where he was uh, pregnant, and they'd had to do a C-section, and, and basically the dream was that he was going to raise up seers. And uh, he started teaching on, became a big movement. His ministry is still going about dream interpretation. They use it a lot for evangelists because uh, non-believers get dreams from God. And, uh, and those that don't know it, there's a lot of Muslims getting dreams of the Lord 
like it used to be some, but now it's like like in the thousands. And they give them addresses to go to where Christians are at because they'll kill you over there. And the guy telling this was a guy that wrote that movie about Trump. He's not even Christian, he, he's, but he was Middle Eastern himself. He's like, I don't, I don't know why this is happening. You know, he's telling the story. And uh, anyway, I'm just, it's 10 after 8 and I'm still babbling. Uh, oh, I did want to ask, did anybody, since we talked about dreams, sometimes God just give dreams, and I'm not, sometimes I get them. Um, I did want to share, like, when you dream a dream, see if you're active in the dream or if you're standing back watching the dream. And if you draw it out, I even thought about during the week, I'm like, I didn't think I was going to do this again until I got here and just started writing five minutes. <laughs> the uh, If you take a board or even a piece of paper, put your circle and put the main, like what what will make the dream not work? Like the main thing in the dream. And then you got the, uh, what do you call that? It's not the, it's the sub. Now there's the main, uh, I forget the terms they use, but like the sub-focus. The focus and then the sub-focus. And if you kind of draw it out, we do that in the class, it became really easy. People get dreams like, and you can figure it out yourself like, man. <laughs> but it's hard to do just in your head a lot of times, unless you're gifted that. But did anybody have any dreams this week or, or any? Yeah. I won't do the, the kitchen sink one. I had another one, and I was watching the dream. I do that a lot. I watch what's going on. Like, I'm, I'm not really in the dream, but I'm viewing the dream. And it was Rocco and another kid, and it was like a... I'm going to say it was like a jail environment. I knew that they, they, were, they weren't in the cell yet, but it was in a, like a, it, it, in like a, it was like a jail room. And the boy, one of the boys, they put him in the, a jail cell, and he was being like made fun of and tortured. And this kid, one kid was in his face and going like, like, um, like grabbing all his mucus and spitting on this kid, like so wet with, with, saliva and I was watching this kid and the other kids like torment him and I'm thinking to myself oh my god Rocco's never going to make it he's never going to make it but then I woke up and Rocco never got into the cell with the other kids alright now does anybody in here feel like they got anything okay so what's the main focus Hmm? Spit. <laughs> I would think it's the kid that's getting spit on. It's focusing on him. Rocco is a sub-focus. In the prison. Prisons don't have to be a physical prison. But it was all kids. It wasn't like grown men. I knew that the kids that were, so it was like a, a juvenile kind of environment. Do you know the child? I don't. Okay, to me, and I'm not, I'm not the expert at interpretation. And let me say, most revelation, people get a lot of accurate revelation from God, but interpretation is where it gets messed up. And everybody thinks, oh, they missed that prophecy or this, and it's, it's really, the interpretation is where they mess up. So 
But it just sounds to me like the, I don't take it as a physical prison. I take it like this kid's being tormented by other kids, and yeah. he's in right. his own prison. And it could be school. But it sounds like it's somebody Rocco knows. So I would ask Rocco if there's somebody that's getting picked on. This my thought. Symbolism in the Bible is God wants you to pray for that kid. Huh? I would say that God wants you to pray for that kid. Amen. So I'm thinking if it's spit and he's covered with wetness, that maybe he's hearing something quite opposite of the word and he's being soaked in the wrong, the wrong word. Man's saliva? It's a guess. Yeah. And sometimes we analyze too deeply. Mm, there you go. Okay. That's me. <laughs> I'm just... Well, I, I started to say they're analytical like me and <laughs> Mary because <laughs> of right brain things they get it they get it real easy um any other dreams i think that was pretty simple the kids yeah we do need to pray so that would be considered a warning dream yes i would talk to him it sounds like somebody's getting and and he's involved or around the people okay yeah i had a dream two weeks ago and i told you about it um yeah Tell it maybe they can, you know, I don't really have an answer for that one. So, so. I was uh, up in Maine, which is where I am from, and my family, my siblings and, and family members were on one side of the road in the, in the woods, like they're having a reunion. And then on the other side of the road, uh, there was this a crazy looking house, it's very modern looking, and it was uh, owned by a lesbian couple. And they wanted me to tour their house Um, I have a question. Yeah. So, 
what it what if you, a lot of your dreams are you're like on the outside watching? Yeah. Well, that you're just not the focus of it. Oh, okay. We should have. I don't know if they'll even put this on the internet because the way it's going, but um, I should have took the mic around. So <laughs> those could have got on the mic. But uh, no, if you, that's you're not the focus of the dream. That's all. That's why I said, are you in the dream acting oh, out, or are you back watching the dream? All right. Um, we're talking about pride. I just want to just read through a couple of scriptures. You don't have to turn to them. I have written down here. <clears throat> Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs eighteen twelve. <clears throat> Before destruction the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. twenty nine twenty three. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble. James four six. But he who gives but he Talking about the Lord. But he gives more grace, wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. People miss the submit part. They rebuke the devil and rebuke him, but then they're in unforgiveness or different things. They're not submitting to the word. James 4.10 Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. First Peter five five. You younger submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, and he shall exalt you in due time. And it tells us it when it says that for the younger submit yourselves to the elder, the older person usually has a much slower way to do the thing. And the younger person has a much quicker way to do it. But there's a lot more for that young person's life to be gained in learning to submit to the elder than just doing it his way. Um, and I just, I'm going to just read over just real quick. Because we didn't cover rejection. I'll just read some fruits. We've got a few minutes left. See, we should have went down this, huh? <laughs> Done a deliverance. <clears throat> These are fruits of rejection. You can't receive love, which is the very thing you crave. <clears throat> you push people away. You're very sensitive. You have a hard time being transparent. You feel like you don't fit in. You feel like nobody really understands you. When someone corrects you, you feel like they're putting you down. It makes you defend yourself. You believe every new person in your life is going to hurt you like the last one did. So you keep repeating the same old patterns. You hear the same worn out tape in your head about never being good enough. Isolationism, desperately searching for love. A broken heart, always seeking the approval of others, desiring a position in the church to obtain status and recognition. Desiring a position in the workplace to obtain status and recognition, <clears throat> or your hobby, 
people with rejection have their identities in their cars, people with doctors, their job, their career, or I'm prophet so-and-so, apostle so-and-so. We've been over that before. <clears throat> Constantly putting yourself down, whether joking or serious. You always notice how people are looking at you. Fabricated personality, possessiveness, smothering relationships, emotional dependency, addictions, anything to numb the pain. Can be addicted to drugs, alcohol, comfort food, sex, shopping, falling in love, etc. One other thing. <clears throat> Answering yes to one or more of these signs could have a spirit of rejection. Do I anticipate a negative response from others? Do I believe I'm on a higher spiritual plane and my opinions should be favored above others? Like if you give your opinion in a group, do you get upset when they go with someone else's? I know people <coughs> real problem with that. When questioned, do you become angry or agitated? Do I do things nearly to gain acceptance or attention? Am I known for being argumentative? Have people told me I'm overly sensitive? Do I experience marked mood swings? Do I expect to be overlooked? Do I require encouragement to participate in things? Do I overvalue the positive evaluation of others? Do leaders see me as inconsistent or unreliable? Is my mood dictated by the moods of people around me? That's a big one for me. If everybody's mad around you, it's I don't get mad, I just don't like it. Do I seldom attend a Bible study or social event or party or blend in with others because I see myself as different? Do I measure my personal value by the amount of spiritual insight I have? Do I reject the thought that I could have a spirit of rejection? I don't know, I just thought I'd read the handouts that I didn't give out. I have the whole teaching. But uh, I don't know, I feel like I didn't have any focus or get to anything. I just talked. But anyway, I kind of covered things that I want to do last. Didn't feel good. <laughs> okay. Oh. Anybody want a handout of rejection? Well, it makes it people not, not able to receive <laughs> correction. No, for the people at work. Not him. I got that one. I think you're not. You got the last one. You're the last one. I do have one. Good. I was probably supposed to do this instead of what I did. In the back page, I didn't read it. In the deliverance, I cast out all the spirits listed underneath it. Grab some more, just a second. Yeah. We kind of need to go over the teachers. Unless y'all want to stay a little longer. <laughs> do whatever people want to do.
Well, that's a good sign. That's a sound booth one. So Do you, does anybody want me to read over a little of this, or if you're interested, it don't hurt my feeling, I'm, I'm just offering since everybody's asking, and anyone wants to go can go, do you want, it's up to y'all, I mean I got it right there if you want me to, huh, I could read a little bit of the rejection teaching if you want, you could even pray through and do a little deliverance if you want, I don't, I'm open to whatever you want to do. And I don't, don't worry about me going to rejection if you want. I wasn't playing on. <laughs> oh, he went on and on and on. <laughs> okay. Hmm? Whatever you want to do. If I wasn't asked to teach next week, but I could if you want. Yeah. If you have mine. Huh? Yeah, it's a good one. He's done it several times. And I think I remember this one. Yeah, I've done it, but I think people have come to a little more maturity now and can receive it more. Huh? I think half the time might, because you already spoke about some of it. All right. So we'll see if he wants me to do. Are you supposed to teach? Who's supposed to go next week? Who is next week? No one. No one. All right. I was probably supposed to do that today. I just that's what I had brought, and then I got sidetracked. <laughs> All right. So we'll just well bring your list to next week, okay? Back with you. Try and bring your list. And we'll just, I'll do the whole thing and we'll uh, do deliverance. Amen. Sound good? Yeah. All right. God bless you. the king.